Okay, this is a continuation of our um, health class podcast um, that is on mental disorders. And so uh, for this one, we are going to um, take a dive into some of the other ones. We're going to start talking about um, panic disorder, uh, bipolar disorder, and anxiety um, in this one. So just want to um, reiterate again, this is not about diagnosing yourself or diagnosing somebody else. This is, you know... If, if anything else, this is just to help you understand, give you some information um, so that you can differentiate between these things. And so you can at least just watch the language that you use surrounding them um, at the very least. So uh, let's go ahead and dive right in. Um, so we're talking about bipolar disorder for this one. Um, this is actually something I know a lot about. I've seen this firsthand up close um, in uh, in my life. And so what this, what bipolar disorder is, and again, this is how you'll you'll hear it used, is you'll hear it used as like, oh, so-and-so is being so bipolar. And I believe usually that what that means is somebody keeps changing their mind. So I want you to be careful with that because here's what it actually means. And then that's that is a um that is a symptom of bipolar disorder. Um what it is, it's it's characterized by episodes of what we call depression and mania. So, um, you know, your depressive episodes um, are similar to what you um, what you have in major depressive disorder. Um, in fact, there's a specific kind of depression um, that associated with bipolar disorder called like bipolar depression. And so, um, what it means is that you have um, you just have very opposite mood swings very quickly. The word, um, you know, the word polar, like you think about, we have two poles, we have North pole and the South pole of the, of the world. And they are as far away from each other as they can possibly be. So bipolar means you have two poles mean, meaning like there's, there's two sides that are as opposite as they can possibly be. So that's kind of, that's kind of where that word comes from and how you can use it properly. Um, so you're talking, you know, these moods can swing, you know, daily to maybe there's longer periods of time where you're super, super happy and all of a sudden super, super depressed. Um, it just goes very, very quickly. Um, and it goes very hard the opposite direction. Um, also want you to know suicide rates are uh, significantly higher among people who have bipolar disorder. So here's what we uh, characterize as um, like, like, like what we call mania. And that's like, that's like really, really abnormally happy moods. Um, so you, you're like happy to the point where it's a problem, if that makes sense. Um, so it's, it's like your mood is, your mood is, is elevated or really, really irritable and you can swing hard the other way really quickly. So somebody who's like laughing and joking around one second and then like has you up against a wall the next second, that's, that's bipolar disorder. Um, also, um, that's their mood causes them problems, not the other way around. So you is another, another telltale sign. Usually our moods can be caused by what's going on. And we've talked about trying to control that in our own lives. Those of us that just, we need to be better at our discipline of keeping ourselves kind of stable, uh, emotionally because of the things that are going on. And that's again, what those five constants go back to. Um, so I'm talking about, um, somebody who's their, their mood is not changing based on the environment and therefore it's causing them problems. 
So this is somebody who comes to school and is in like a really, really slap happy mood all day. And like in health class, we're talking about suicide that day. And the person is just slap happy during the suicide lesson. Like that's, that's kind of a red flag right there. Um, another thing would be like, you know, there's like somebody who's just really, really down the dumps and depressed and, um, you know, you, they come to school and there's something really, really awesome going on. Maybe, um, well, in your opinion, maybe the internet goes down and you don't have to, you don't have, to have school and maybe the stars kind of align and you're just having a really good time, you know, in your classroom and everyone's hanging out um, on their phones playing uh, Among Us or something, whatever it is that you guys do. And maybe, the, I don't know, there's a really good game going on and there's like no reason like everything is good and the person's still just super depressed and just does not want to snap out of it. Like that's another, like when there's no environmental reason to be that way. Um, and this is not necessarily, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's not necessarily caused by a life event or um, like a, like a problem in their life. It's just, there's like no seemingly no reason for them to be this way. Um, doesn't your mood is not going to reflect the reality of their environment. Um, so what you're looking for is rapid mood changes, um, like really, really irritable, really angry behavior. Again, there's no, like seemingly no reason for it. There, you know, there, there might be, but you're looking for a situation where there's no, there's no real reason for them to be lashing out the way that they are. Um, and so, you know, significant anger lashing out can also be a symptom of anxiety disorder, which we'll get to in, in a minute. Um, you're looking for, again, those really rapid mood changes, um, the other really, really big one is self-destructive, harmful behavior. Um, spending sprees is, is a big one. People that, that go and spend like lots and lots of money on themselves for seemingly no reason. Um, like where it doesn't make any sense. Like this is people who like as, as adults, like we'll go spend the rent money on a new purse. That's the sign of, that's the sign of bipolar disorder. Like it might not be a symptom of it directly, but it's a, it definitely is a red flag. Um, and, uh, we're, you know, violence toward other people. Again, people get really, really angry to swing hard one way really quickly. Um, and violence does not have to be physical violence. It can be verbal violence as well. So keep that in mind. Um, and then people who are really sexually, um, like overly promiscuous or just like do things in their sexual life that, um, and I'm not just talking about, you know, stuff like, um, Oh, hey, I made, out, I made out with that person. I'm not even sure why I did it. I'm talking about like more stuff than that. Like things that are really, really odd behavior for that person. Um, you know, maybe, maybe you're, maybe the person is somebody that kind of makes out with random people. That's just kind of what, like what they do, but maybe all of a sudden they just, they go off with somebody who's like way too old for them. You know, maybe you're, maybe you're out at a party or something and all of a sudden they go with somebody who's like way too old for them and the situation's really weird and they're just like insisting like, no, no, I want, I want to do this. And it just doesn't seem right. That's another sign for sure. Um, sexual indiscretions are a huge, huge red flag. Um, like people that put themselves in like really dangerous uh, sexual situations, people that put themselves in, um, again, situations with people who are who are dangerous for them or performing an act in a place that's dangerous for them to perform it at. Um, there's a big difference between doing these things, you know, at home in the basement where no one's around and, you know, out in public somewhere where there's a huge chance of getting caught. Like that's a, that's another, another red flag. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean that they're bipolar. Um, 
but you're looking for stuff that's kind of off the beaten path. Again, the person might be somebody that maybe they hook up with people. It's just what they like to do. They're doing it safely and they're doing it um, well within the law. Um, that's one thing, but we're, I'm talking about things that are outside of what you would consider safe and normal. Um, and then you're also looking for drug or alcohol abuse. Um, people who have bipolar disorder drink heavily um, to kind of calm their, their mania or their depression. Um, they kind of try to balance themselves out. So they abuse, they abuse drugs or alcohol. Um, these are at your age, these are people who steal their parents' cigarettes, steal their parents' booze. Like, um, you know, this is, this is the kind of people who like will take their parents' vodka and pour it into a water bottle and bring it to school. Like things like that, that are just downright stupid and could easily get caught and they're doing it anyway. Like that's a, that's a big red flag. Um, and there's some psychotic symptoms too, um, hallucinations and delusions. So those are just things to consider and they're not going to always happen. Um, in fact, I think with, when it comes to bipolar disorder, um, they're a little bit more rare. You're looking for delusions or more for those, like the really psychotic disorders. Um, but people who have bipolar disorder can still have those. Um, if you if you or someone you know, again, I'm just, this is like public service announcement time, but feels like you're dealing with this. You need to talk to professionals. Bipolar disorder is common. It is very treatable, actually. Um, what I can tell you from my experience in, um, in dealing with people that have this is that there's a very, very high level of confusion and fear among these people. Um, oftentimes, they're, they mask how afraid they are with like a false sense of like, bravado like these are really really cocky people who inside they're they are they're afraid they're just going to fall apart at any second and so there's this really crazy manic behavior that swings hard both ways to kind of try to balance what they're feeling inside um so making them feel safe making them feel stable um is is really important but again when things beyond what you would consider normal have failed People need to talk people who have bipolar disorder or who you think might have bipolar disorder need to talk to a professional. Again, it's common enough that every single psychologist, every single counselor, um, every single therapist is highly, highly trained to deal with this because it is it is common. And um, in the job that I had where I was working in the drug rehab facility, um, there were a lot of people like Bipolar disorder mixed with drug and alcohol use lands you in these facilities. That's where I met a lot of these people. So I know a lot about this disorder more than I care to know about a lot of these actually, but especially this one, and I've seen it very, very up close. I've seen the dangerous, violent behavior. Um, you know, I've had to deal with people when they're having these fits where they're throwing stuff and they're attacking other people. And um, it comes from a very, very confused, scared person on the inside not to excuse their behavior but you don't want to let it get to that point there is plenty of there are plenty of awesome solutions available you can get help and you know whether it's for you or, or somebody else like there is plenty of help available and i also have met people who are bipolar who when properly medicated lead very very normal lives the person that i am thinking of when they were finally diagnosed as bipolar they stopped using hard drugs they were on the right medication, so they, they weren't using hard drugs anymore. Um, they weren't getting arrested anymore. They were normal and happy and actually felt like emotions that you would normally feel. Um, this person is, you know, someone that I grew up with, and 
the person that they became again is the person I remember as a kid. Um, so it was cool to see that, um, in that person's life. So, um, moving on, we're going to talk about anxiety disorder. So, um, not going to spend quite as much time on this, but the, um, what I want you to remember here is that anxiety is not the same as stress. Okay. So remember we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, stress is the physical manifestation of anxiety. Um, the definition of anxiety is a state of constant, severe, and persistent hyperarousal, not driven by anger. Um, so the stress response is like the physical side. That's what we call stress. Um, so when anxiety reaches a basically a point where it interferes in a person's function and enjoyment for their life, we call it an anxiety disorder. So we call it GAD, general anxiety disorder. Um, it's just excessive anxiety and worrying, uh, like excessive, excessive anxiety and worrying occurring for an extended period of time, not just like, Oh, Hey, I'm kind of worried about this to like longer periods of time. Um, it's just persistent, excessive anxiety. Um, and the worry causes emotional distress, um, which leads to the physical symptoms and causes what we call functional impairment. So they're not able to function anymore because they're so anxious and stressed out and worried. Um, so often begins in childhood. Um, if you ever heard somebody, um, somebody uh, be described as like they were a very nervous little, little kid, um, somebody that I know who has actually has this, um, said that they were always described as a very nervous little, little kid. They were always, when they were like three or four years old, they were always really worried about everything, like to a point where it was weird. Um, they were like three years old. They were like laying in bed at middle of the middle of the night, like worrying about stuff. That's, that's not normal. Um, there is a genetic component to this. Um, there's, there's also, um, this is, a, this, this can also be brought on by, um, like the onset of, of trauma. Um, oftentimes neglect or abuse can bring this out in somebody. Um, so, there are here are the physical symptoms. Um, again, these are these are things that um, are not necessarily indicative of having general anxiety disorder. But if you put them together for an extended period of time, that's what you're looking for. Um, so headaches, fatigue, muscle aches, upset stomach. Upset stomach's a big one, especially in younger people and you know kids and and um, teenagers that are about your age. You're going to often have like the just the chronic fatigue and the, the stomach ache where you like, you, you just don't want to eat. Um, and to the point where like, you're missing school activities, you're missing time with friends because of the symptoms. Like we've all had stomach aches. Okay. We've, 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 we've all been there with nausea. We've all been there with headaches, but this is like extended periods of these things where you're missing stuff you would normally be dealing with. You normally be in, involved in. Um, so the four categories of symptoms for general anxiety disorder um, there's the emotional category. You're feeling worried, tense, or you're on your guard all the time. Um, your body's going to have responses. Um, so increased heart rate, sweating and shakiness, shortness of breath, muscle tension, and upset stomach. Um, your thoughts. So you're more likely to think about things um, basically that, that are real or potential sources of danger. Um, and you have difficulty concentrating on anything else. Um you're often worried about someone's going to, something's going to happen to a loved one um, or yourself and people who don't have anxiety disorder are going to be like, okay, well, that's a distinct possibility. I mean, I could get hit by a car today, but whatever, I'm not going to sit here and worry about it. 
and the person is just sitting there like paralyzed by their worry that you're going to get hit by a car and you're sitting here like can i go to school now like what's going on so um and then the last category would be the, their behavior um so what they're going to do is they're going to engage in activities that potentially eliminate the source of danger so um you're going to avoid situations that cause that fear um and then again just like bipolar disorder medicating with drugs or alcohol um and again, when there's no real danger. So this is just somebody who's chronically afraid, chronically worried. Um, and it's, it's manifesting itself in the person's having to, like we talked about coping mechanisms before the person is using drugs or alcohol to, which are depressants, um, to calm their nerves and not feel so anxious, but those only, those only cause you more problems. Um, so when we, when anxiety itself, when it comes to, becomes a disorder, that this is when, and when they're all worried and tense like this, it's what we call a state of hyperarousal. Um, it's when it's intense, persistent, and excessive. Um, again, just like before with the bipolar disorder, it's when it, we call it leads to disability or impairment at work, school, or social environment. So it's keeping you from doing things you normally do. Um, and then you begin to avoid those things entirely because you can't do them because of the anxiety, um, hoping that it'll like lessen those feelings. So the, um, the diagnosis criteria, um, again, you're dealing you, for things you, at this point, you're probably, you're remembering some other things that we, that we talked about and you're probably able to guess a lot of this, um, kind of, you know, it's, it's like the excessive anxiety and worrying gotta be for at least six months because you can't just say anyone who's, in, who's anxious or worried about something that has disorder. Like that's not, that, that's, that's not real life. So this is somebody who like, you know, six months ago, they were worried and scared about the same thing they're scared and worried about today. And you're sitting here and you're like, come on, why you got to be scared of everything? Like that's a red flag. Um, so restlessness, feeling on edge um, and difficulty sleeping and somebody who's having difficulty concentrating. And they also have a lot of muscle tension, like their muscles are always clenched and very tense. Um, so um, they also have anxiety and worry that are not, they're not due to substance abuse. So the person could not be using anything and they're still anxious and worried and all this stuff. That's, that's another big one. Um, and then again, just the impairment of their daily function. So you're looking for things. This is why we established the beginning of, of this class. We established what are the things you do every day? Because then if all of a sudden you realize that you're, that you're off your game, that you're not doing the things that you do every day, something might be wrong. Maybe not one of these disorders, maybe not anything medically, but you make sure you're doing the same stuff every day. Um, so, look, you, you, like we talked about before, human connection, okay? If it is that you are talking to somebody who you think might be dealing with this, ask them what they're worried about, okay? Ask them if other people are worried about the same thing, okay? Ask them... Um, Ask them if they think that they worry more than other people do. People who have anxiety disorder are tend to be protectors of other people. So they're going to be a little bit more prone to worrying about other people. So you might not recognize it right away. But somebody with this disorder, um, they're going to be worried about other people to a point where you're like, the person themselves is not worried about this. And you were, you've been worried sick about this for a year. So something might be wrong there. But you want to ask those questions. Um, ask them if they have trouble letting go of worries. 
Um, and then like, do you sometimes feel sick with worry? Like how, in what way? Um, and then ask them if the things they normally like to do that are there, that they, they enjoy are made worse because of the worrying. So um, really quick, we're gonna cover this other one here. Um, this is called social anxiety disorder. Um, sometimes it's called social phobia. Um, this is people who have those exact same symptoms, but it's triggered by the fear of doing something humiliating in front of other people or offending other people. Um, you're afraid of people um, being offended or judging you in a negative way. Um, so you, people who have social anxiety disorder um, think they're flawed or worthless if any sign of poor performance is detected. So if you know somebody who's like, if they get a, they get 100% on everything, if they get like a 97, they like freak out and get sick. This is a, this is a red flag for sure because that's not normal. Um so this is somebody who's a, usually a perfectionist who is trying to um, do everything to the most perfect extent and has a, just has a complete meltdown if anything's not completely perfect, specifically in social situations. Um, they tend to avoid social situations, parties, school events, family gatherings, stuff like that. Um, they might have a hard time in class. Um, they might be missing school because of this. Um, and so don't confuse it with just being shy because that's just, that's just sometimes being, you know, normal part of life. Um, so what you, what you have to have shown in order to really be diagnosed with this, um, again, the symptoms aren't due to a substance problem. Um, it's just marked by a really persistent fear of social performance. Um, a lot of people are afraid of speaking in public. I'm not, well, I'm not one of them, obviously. Um, so I can't really relate to that, but I do know that a lot of people are, and that's not a sign of it. What I'm talking about is like, like a, like if you, if, even if you don't like speaking in public, you're going to get up and do your presentation in front of the class. Eventually, you just, you eventually you just, even if you don't want to, you, you just deal with it. And these are people who get like actually paralyzed and cannot get out of their seat to go do their presentation. Um, so just the, the fear is to the point where it's excessive and it's not even appropriate fear to have. It doesn't even make sense. Um, so again, if it is that you feel like you might have this or, um, you know, someone that does treatment is, is available and it works guys. It really, really works. I've seen this firsthand. I've seen counselors take people who are crippling, have crippling fear. And I've watched these people transform into confident, normal people. Um, just because somebody was able to ask them the right questions and counselors know, therapists know how to ask the right questions. They went to school for like eight years and their training consists largely of learning how to ask questions so that people feel comfortable enough to talk their way through things. Your brain is super powerful. Your brain can work through stuff, okay? I've been here with a lot of stuff in, in my life where my brain was able to work through something because somebody was able to ask me the right questions, okay? And it's a very, very good feeling once you've come to the other side of that. So. I am somebody that, you know, I'll mention, I've mentioned this before, I mentioned it again. I see a counselor um, from time to time, depending on what's going on. Um, I have seen counselors for very, very consistent points in my life. And I'm telling you, there's no shame in it. It works. If anybody has a problem, if anybody wants to make fun of you for seeing a counselor, they can come make fun of me too, because I do it too. And uh, I'll make sure that person knows what's up. Okay. There's no shame in this at all. So even if you don't have any of these disorders, even if it's just something that you're going through, 
talk to someone because they know how to help. Okay, I cannot emphasize that enough. You might not want to draw attention to these things in public. So go talk to somebody in private. Again, even if you don't think you can afford it or whatever, there are free services available for you, especially as teenagers. Okay. You can come to me in confidence and I can help you find a resource. Okay. It will not cost you a dime. All right. If that's what you're worried about, again, if that's something you have anxiety about, don't. Okay. Do not let that be the reason why you don't talk to somebody. All right. It is, it is so important for you to talk to someone that is trained to ask you the right questions. All right. So um, we're going to stop there for right now. Um, next one, we're going to talk about um, other a couple of the disorders, panic disorders. Um, we're going to stop there for this particular segment. So um, again, just make sure that you don't, you don't want to over um, over diagnose. You don't want to over um, exaggerate any of this stuff. You don't want to see one thing in someone and automatically assume they're sick and talk to them like, we need to get you some help. Like we're talking about all these things. It takes six months of seeing this behavior. So be respectful to yourself and to your classmates. Don't just assume there's something wrong with you, but keep an eye on, keep, you know, keep an eye on stuff because you never know. And recovery from this stuff is, is not even possible. If you have the right kind of help, it's probable. Okay. And you'll lead an extremely normal life. You don't have to worry about that. Just reach out now, take care of it now. All right.